been several weeks since I preached last, and Sandra reminded me what uh, I said I'd preach on the next time I preached, and so uh, we're still in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and uh, I actually forgot, but somebody, um, I preached on a lesson, and it was it was specific around a sin, and uh, somebody said, well, we need more lessons like that, so I said, well, okay, that so be careful whenever you encourage me. That's how these lessons came out. I will tell you, this is not one of those lessons that I consider a positive lesson. There's so many positive lessons in the New Testament about Christ's love and everything. But one of the things I think we're doing in the religious world today is we're not preaching uh, that God's love and God's grace and his mercy will cover many sins. But there's there is... He also states in the New Testament, people who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that's actually what he says here in Galatians 5th chapter, verse 21. He, in the last part of verse 21, he says, Of which I forewarned you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So there's two sides, just like in life today. There are two sides. Of, of every coin. There's the positive side, and if you don't do the positive side, then therefore this is going to happen. There is no such thing as all is good. And so I think we have to be conscious of what sin is. I think we have to continue. Reggie made a comment this morning in Bible class. We all got to be working toward, we all got to be improving ourselves because. Uh, I can tell you, whenever you look at passages such as Ephesians, the first chapter, and it says, children, obey your parents. Got it. Understand it. Do that. But the next verse down says, honor your mother and father. Ooh, what does that mean? That's a different story for somebody my age. I'm fortunate my parents are still alive. How do I honor my mom and dad? Well, I obeyed them. Whenever I was home, you know, it was obey or death, you know, one or the other for both things. But the point is, there's different things in our different life, different stages in our lives that passages speak differently to us. So this is, I think this is one of those passages that uh, I hope will speak to you differently as an older person or wherever stage you are in life. Um, so, Verses 19, 20, and 21, and this is Clay's breakdown. Doesn't mean it's right. As a matter of fact, I can I can critique myself and put things in different places. But I'll you know I like to break things down and kind of you know subcategory. Verse 19 is all about sexual sins. Okay, that is still a pro it was a problem during Paul's day. It's a problem today. Not a problem. Uh, you see those. Then you get into idolatry and sorcery. We, we covered these the last time I preached on this. And those are sins against God. Those are sins that are putting people or things at God's level. Sorcery. In other words, uh, sorcery, whenever you, you go back into the Greek, sorcery is, uses the word pharma, pharmaceutical. And that's where, where people back in those days... Uh, would use uh, things to 
to make people think they were God. And, you know, today we're, we're a much different society. We, you know, there's, there's actually good things in pharma. You know, we go, to the, we go and we get our blood pressure medicine. We go and we get whatever medicine we need. We know chemicals change our bodies. You know, we're, we're kind of educated. But sorcery <laughs> was whenever people do things, magic and different things of that nature. We, so those are sins that are putting people up on God's level. And then uh, whenever you get into the next number of sins there, it talks about enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts, disputes, dissensions, factions, and envy. These are sins against mankind. These are sins because Christ not only came to bring unity back between man because man separated himself from God. Christ came to bring us closer to God but he also brought us closer together as men. He expected us and whenever I say men I'm talking about mankind. He expects us to be closer and, and these are the sins that drive us apart and that's what we're going to talk about today. And then the last part of this it's drunkenness and carousing. Uh, carousing, uh, I'm using the New American Standard. If you go to other passages, it's wild parties or revelries. We probably would not think of, of revelries and carousings in our day. That's not a vocabulary word, but we know what wild parties are. Now, just in every one of these sins, I cannot tell you when you step over that threshold. Okay? I cannot tell you where you step over. You have to make that decision. But you can be far enough out on these sins that the general population say, that person's an angry person. That's a dissension. That, that, that's a divisive person. Because we all disagree. It's okay to disagree. <laughs> Matter of fact, I encourage people to disagree with me. But it's the people that never have anything good to say and never can agree with you, those are divisive people. And are we divisive people? And so those are some discussions we have. So let's start off, let's kick off with enmities. That's not a word we typically use today. So I went to some other translations, I went to some definitions, and it's hated or hostilities. And this is towards our fellow mankind. Do we hate people and, and do we have hostilities? <coughs> I cannot stand up here and tell you there's not people that make me mad enough that I just want to hate. But as a Christian, i got to put that away. Now, do I do that one day? No, I don't. Y'all heard me speak on this term many times. Those are things you've got to work on day in and day out. I've told y'all the example of one of the, in my past, somebody that did something wrong to me. It took me years. I think it was probably six months before Sandra told me she, you know, Sandra's my biggest critic. And she finally says, you got to pray about that. And you got to pray for her. And I really wasn't wanting to hear it from Sandra then. But, after about another year, I got where I can speak that lady's name with kindness. The point is, we cannot have enmity towards people whether it's in this church or whether it's out in society. We can't have that as Christians. That's the opposite of love. Now, did I say that was easy? Am I standing before you today and saying, I got this? I don't have a problem with this? No. But I can 
tell you, I've got much better hiding it while I work on it. I have done that. That is something I'm better at. So, as Christians, as God's children, we cannot be hating people and have hostilities towards them. And we all have that. And it's easy to have that. Even, and let me put this in here, they might deserve it. But remember, we deserve it too. But Christ doesn't have that to work out. He showed us love. Whatever. We deserve something different. So that's being Christ-like. That's what we're called for. So if you've got hatred in your heart towards somebody, you've got to work on that as Christian. And we've t I, you can talk to me more. I think I've preached on that. I've taught Bible classes on that. And if you want to ask more, go ahead. The next word in the New American Standard is strife. What is strife? That is, if you go to some other translations, that word is translated as quarrelings and contention. Have you had that person at work? You say black, they're going to say white. You say white on the same subject, they're going to say black. They're there to cause problems. And I use work. And in my family, whenever we're having a lot of fun, there's a lot of bantering back and forth, and and we'll say one thing, and even the, you know the kids, of, you know, we'll have two sides. And we're sitting there debating. It's in good humor. It's in good form. But if you, you know those people in your life that are always looking to create contention, and as Christians, we are not supposed to be those people. What and so my test here, here's my litmus test here. Whenever people see you coming, do they see a contentious person? Or do they see somebody that's trying to solve problems? You see the difference? There is times in my job I sit there and have to be contentious. Not quarrelsome. But I have to say, no. No, 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 we can't. That, that's not the direction we need to be headed. And I've got a whole group of people headed that way. And I've got to say, no, you know, that's fine. It's okay, but if my people see me coming, and I'm using work as an example, if people see me coming and they say, well, he's going to disagree with everything, but that, then I'm probably a contentious person. There's got to be balance there. There's going to be times we disagree. I think disagreements are good, but they've got to be done healthy, in a healthy way. They've got to be done in a way that I see your point of view, but this is, and so let's take it back to Scripture. Let's go back to what I said. I understand obey my, your mother and father. I understand that command. But I bet if we started talking about honoring our mother and father. We could have some debates on what is honoring your mother and father. For me to honor my dad, 
is going to be to take care of him and his old age. But the debate you and I might have is, my dad lives on a farm down in Florida. My livelihood is in Jessup, Georgia. Now, the good news is, for a while, I think I can have Sandra down there and me up here, and I, we can do some transition. But there might be a time he's going to have to move to Jessup, Georgia. Now, my father and I probably are going to have a little bit of friction there because he's not going to see that me honor. And he has nothing against Jessup, Georgia. It's just like he wants to be in his little piece of swamp down there in Florida. The point is, you can see there can be difference of opinion. I'm not talking about difference of opinion. I'm talking you. So, and there can be differing opinion on Scripture, but are you contentious and are you forced? Are you trying to look at that other person's point of view? Or are you that person that every time a subject comes up, everybody knows you're going to take the opposite side? Now, as a politician, whenever I was a county commissioner in my younger days, I had another politician teach me. He says, you, you figure out before the meeting starts why everybody's sitting in those seats out there. Well, there was two or three people I didn't have to go see. I knew what was on the agenda, and I knew they were going to disagree with me. That was a contentious person. I already knew why they were there. But I got news for you. Before that meeting started, I was going around shaking hands trying to figure out what they were there for. And there was people that disagreed with me, but I didn't consider them contentious. There was a man that disagreed with me on a number of issues. He would call me up, Mr. Aaron Hendry, and he said, Clay, I want to give you my opinion on this. He'd give me his opinion, I'd listen. And he says, I know you, and he'd say, I think you probably have more data than I, but that's my opinion, and I'll be your friend no matter how you vote. Now, he disagreed with me. You could say he was contentious, but do you see how his attitude was? And it didn't matter how I voted. If I invited Aaron Hendry out for a cup of coffee, he was going to buy my coffee. He was that kind of man. I never considered him contentious. And the way he handled problems, guess who I called for advice? Because I knew he was going to tell me when he disagreed with me. And I knew I wasn't going to lose friendship. But a contentious person is always going to be quarrelsome and they're not going to care about your opinion. So as Christians, we can disagree, but it's how we're going to do it and are we going to be contentious. Uh, the next one, jealousy. Now, I will tell you, I looked in vines, and I looked, and I asked Sandra. She didn't give me any good clarifications. Usually she's my word definition person. But if you look at, at jealousies and envying in 21, most of the time the word, whenever they're translating in the King James, they put envying most of the time in for jealousies. Now, we know that God had godly jealousy. The word jealousy is used to refer to how God felt about his people. That cannot be a sin. But this is being quoted as a sin here, and I think envying and jealousy is similar. 
And I can't tell you the distinction between the two, but I'm going to give you some examples of what I think they are. If somebody in society is doing well, and we're so jealous of them that we have to run them down and find every fault, that's, that is the jealousy that's referred here. And I'm not talking about the person that is known that you don't want to do business dealing with because you know you're going to come out on the short end of the stick. I'm not talking about that person. I'm talking about the person that starts out at age 25, sets up a business, and uh, they, well, let's just let's just use uh, uh, the guy that came up with Google. He was smart enough to figure out a search engine. He was smart enough to figure out how he could turn that into money. Should I be jealous and envious of his money? <clears throat> no, I'm glad the guy came up with it because I use it every day. I'm sitting in meetings and people tell me they say things. I'm sitting there Googling things so I don't have to ask dumb questions. What does that word mean? I'm thankful that guy did that. But I know people and I read articles where they, they said he shouldn't be able to make that kind of money. Well, he came up with something. And best of I know, he's done it honestly. I don't have a problem with him making all that money. I'm just thankful I got a tool now that I can hide my ignorance. So the point is, is we don't need to be looking at other people, other situations, and running people down, or having a mindset, because I can tell you it's not going to hurt them, it's hurting you. So we need to put jealousies and envies away. And that can be anything from the dress she is wearing. I mean, I remember in high school listening to girls talk and how they could have jealousy and envy for somebody. And I was like, you know, why do you have that? Be thankful that person's got it. Be thankful that, that they've been blessed. And just hope you can teach them the gospel so that money, their money or their attributes can be used for the gospel's sake. So we can't be jealous nor can we be envious of other people. The next one, outburst of anger. We've all heard it. We've probably said it. I'm just a redhead. I'm Irish. It's the way I was raised. As Christians, we can't have outbursts of anger. I wish I could stand up here before you today and tell you this is not a problem. Now I can tell you my outbursts of anger are a lot fewer than they used to be. But there's two people in this world that can get my dander quick. One of them, I'm married to her. <laughs> and the second one is my brother. Both of those, I'm called not to have outbursts of anger. It's called controlling my emotions. And as Christians, just like all of these examples, we are supposed to have control. 
Now that doesn't mean I don't get to say, Sandra, I don't agree with you. But I don't get to say, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. How can you be so stupid? That's an outburst of anger. And I got news for you. So we was coming home last night, and I was trying to work on my lesson. She was driving. Finally, I said, I mean, my brain was just kind of dead late night. And I put it down. I said, you want me to drive? She said, no, I'm all right. You relax. I told you I'd drive home. Well, guess what? I started helping her drive. I sometimes wonder how she can get somewhere without me sitting over there telling her how to drive. And I'm joking, guys. Sandra's a pretty good driver, but I'm, I'm one of those people, the red light's 10 miles up there, and I can see it's red, and y'all start slowing down. And I expect all my kids, that's gas mileage. Man, that's gas we're wasting. Sandra doesn't drive the same way, and I'm being a little facetious here. But the whole point is, it's one of those things of us controlling our emotions in the situation. It's not easy. It's something you develop and work on. Whenever you're 22 years old, Reggie, that's a hard thing to work on. That's probably not the first thing I'm going to work on. But whenever I'm 50 years old, I better have control of that enough to where people can say, he's made a notable difference. And whenever I'm 70 years old, I hope people don't even see it, especially my wife. It's okay if it's my brother. But that was a joke, guys. That was a joke. And I have a good brother. I don't know if he's been over here yet, but he's, he's a good guy. Whenever he's raised, you're always competing with each other. We're getting better, but we're not there yet. So an outburst of anger, I think you can see that. I think you can see that in our workplace. You can see that in our community. And, and, and techniques that I've, I've used to keep my outburst of anger is I start trying to figure out why people think the way they think. Help me understand. So sometimes if I ever tell you, and this is not always true, but this is one of my techniques, help me understand that. Well, that's my self-control of it. I have sat in meeting, and I, you know, I had to use the word stupid, but I've peeled a few engineers back and made them look ridiculous. That's not the right thing to do as Christians. That's how person right. All right. So going on now, so the outburst of anger, I think you can see that. Disputes. Uh, one translation makes this as, as selfish ambitions, and I'm going to use the word selfish ambitions. If, they, if I'm doing things as a Christian, and it's for selfish gain, we better be checking ourselves. Now, we all get up and go to work every day. We all try to do a good job because, because we know our salary might go up, right? Or we get more overtime. But as Christians, we are called to do that. We are told to do that. But when I purposely, when I purposely manipulate an area or a job or something to make somebody else look bad so I can look good, that's selfish ambition. Okay. Whenever I start doing things 
that's causing problems. I'm supposed to go to work. I'm supposed to be, as a Christian, whenever my employer sees me coming, they should smile. Not roll their eyes and say, oh, here comes play. Because that's, they should not see me as selfish. They should see me, ultimately, they should see me trying to serve God in everything I do. So think about that. Um, dispute. Dissensions. Dissensions. Um, and I'm going to put dissensions and factions together, together here. There's, as you look at these words, there's, there's, a, there's a whole litany of things that's, that's there. But dissensions and factions, there's everything from people in, within the church that hold viewpoints. The Pharisees and Sadducees. That's a dissension. And that, that's really a faction. That's where the word faction is used. It's heresies. One believed there was a resurrection. One believed there wasn't. And the whole point is, as Reggie went back and, and read Isaiah 53, most Jewish people could see that there was going to be a resurrection. They knew there was going to be a Messiah. And why do we have factions and heresies? Dissensions. We have those because we're going to prove our point. And I tell you, this is one of those things that I've learned over time. It wasn't there 30 years ago. Whenever you disagreed with me, I pounded into you until you figured it out. Well, I was right or wrong. Now, I give, I say, here, I want you to think about this. And let's talk about it later on. Because what I figured out, the way I learned and the way I changed my mind is hearing something, going back and studying it, or going back and thinking about it. But the whole point is, I have a responsibility to go back and think about it as a Christian. Because most divisions in the religious world is because people are not reading the scriptures. Most conflict in the business world is because people are not reading and trying to get along. Because they sometimes they're selfish ambitions. I work with contracts every day. I've got contracts right now that I've got attorneys just circling wait to, you know, when when do you want me sending this this letter, Clay? No, let's get them in here. Let's sit down and talk. I read the contract. I understand how they read the contract. We might can come to a negotiated settlement here. I don't, I, and I don't, I don't put the dogs on people right at the beginning. There's easy, There's many times you can read words two different ways, and you try to sit down and understand the other person's point of view. And you get them to see your point of view, then you might get to a resolution. It's never what you want, but at the end of the day, before I create divisions, I would rather take a little bit of hurt on my side, 
so that I have, if I'm using the same example at work, let's use the work example, is, is instead of booting a vendor out, I would rather figure out a resolution where we can work together in the future. That's what I want. Because at the end of the day, if I, if I throw that one out, next year I'm going to throw the other person out, the, ne the next vendor out, and before long, there's not that many vendors in South Georgia. I'm not going to have people to work with. Same way in our lives. How do we work with people? Now, I am not talking about here uh, whenever somebody is obviously in religious error. When people are obviously stating things that I think the Bible teaches very clearly. I would say baptism is one of those. And I know the religious world doesn't see that. But the first century church people were baptized for the remission of sins, Acts 2 from 38. It's clearly stated there. And you can find that time and time again with all the baptisms. They were there. I'm not talking about whenever somebody is, is, is selling error. I'm talking about when there's there's time and room for negotiation. All right, so factions, divisions. Uh, the last part of this, we're... I, real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover this just so I don't have to come back and do this, this lesson. There's two last things here. Uh, pardon me for going over a little bit. In verse 21, it talks about drunkenness. Drunkenness being a sin. Alcohol was the drug of the day. Drunkenness is when you're out of control. We now have, I cannot name you all the drugs. Alcohol is still key in our society. But this is condemning and saying that sin, drunkenness is a sin. That is a chemical, in other words, I've taken myself with chemicals and allowed myself to lose control. In our society, we are lawyers and we are engineers. We want a number. And you know what? If you weave over the line you've been drinking, whenever he pulls you over, I need you to breathe in here and he's going to give you a number. As Christians, God doesn't have a number. It's whenever you've lost self-control. So be careful. I wasn't drunk, but things... Our inhibitions go away as we do these things. Carousing is the last thing. That's wild parties. Uh, I've got, I do not have a distinct measure. I always, whenever I read this, wild parties, I would say, I don't think you can go to a frat party as a freshman and come away from there saying that's not a wild party. I go to business lunch, not lunch, business events, and I can tell you, I can't hardly go to anything that there's a not alcohol at. 
But at that business event, the alcohol is at the beginning, it ends, and then the, the supper goes. Now, I have been to parties where there was the alcohol started, you, you ate, and then the real party began after you ate. Well, I did this. I'd show up a little late, I'd come and eat so I could be there, and then I exited. In our society, there's many things. You're going to have to make those judgments. I cannot make a list of rules for you. I cannot make. Whenever I get down to this wild parties, but I think you can see, I don't need to be at Mardi Gras on Monday night. Those are the things I don't need to be in. So, Make sure you think about that. Now, here's the, here's the clincher at the end of this lesson. Verse 21, as you go through this list of all these sins, and he says, and things like these, and things like these. Folks, I can go through here and show you, we as, in our society, we want rules. We want rules. You know, what is modesty? It looks like this. God didn't give us rules, and even in this passage here, Paul, he gave us a list of sins to say, these are sins and other things like that. He gave us enough. We can know what a contentious person is. We've all seen them. We might have been that person. Matter of fact, whenever you talk contention, I was in a meeting the other day and everybody was leaning this way. And I said, well, I just want to give them a very opposite and opposing viewpoint. And I said, I'm, but I'm not holding all, everybody here and I don't expect anything to do this. I just ask this organization doesn't get in this fight since I sit on this board. Because, and I presented my point of view. And I knew whenever I spoke up that I would probably be alone in my point of view. But the way I presented it was all I ask is we don't take a position on this. You don't have to take my point of view. Later on. I was thankful. And I went around to everybody that spoke against me or was speaking affirmative for this position. Uh, I said, I hope I didn't offend you, but I just I just have a lot of personal baggage in this area that that I have some real problems with this. And and, and I don't think they saw me as contentious. Because I usually don't speak up on these things, but this is one of those things I want to speak up on. So the point is you got to figure out yours. And as Christians, people need to be seeing us trying to get to heaven and bring as many people along. Not putting our selfish ambitions first. So, kind of a negative lesson. The issue, so the point is, we have certain things as Christians we have to do. 
every one of us. I hope you're working on yours. I did not stand before y'all today and say, look at Clay, he's the perfect example. Because you're going the longer you get to know me, you're going to find out I don't live by all these things. You're going to find out I'm trying. You can go ask my kids. You can ask my wife. I'm working on it, but she'll never, Sandra will never tell you, oh, he's got it. He does. And you probably don't have it either, but we as Christians, we better be working on it because on the day of judgment, I don't want God to look at me and say, you know, your anger issues, you never got that under control, so depart from me. I want him to say, I see you got 99.9% of that under control, and I appreciate that for my sake. Please enter. But the nice thing is, as we make mistakes as Christians, Christ died so that we can have forgiveness. And at every service, we always leave a time for us to come before our brothers and sisters and repent of sin, if it's public, or if you just want the prayers. But it's also a time to obey the gospel. So if there's anyone here that would like to come forward, please come as we stand and sing.